welcome to another episode of the Brains, Boobs, and Beer podcast. I am your host, Heather, and on today's episode, I am very excited for you to hear from one of my Los Angeles colleagues. So he is an amazing person, and he is very passionate about a lot of things in life, so looking forward to hearing his story. So welcome, Robert. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Heather, for having me. Super excited. I'm not going to lie, a little bit nervous, but... Oh, <laughs> don't be nervous. Nobody's nobody's watching you. It's not like the camera's on. <laughs> Is Big Brother not watching right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no big... Well, no Big Brother that I know of. <laughs> Got it. Got it. But no, super excited. Thanks for having me and, you know, excited to share some of my perspectives and thoughts and and see where the conversation goes. Yes. So let's start with uh, maybe little Robert. So you are a STEM person. Um, when did you first realize that you wanted to pursue a life in science, engineering, technology? Right. <laughs> yeah. So imagine uh, little Robert playing with his mom's perfume so my mom's a chemist um, and she would bring home some of her sample perfumes and different bottles and what I would do I would sneak some of them and mix them with powder and try to figure out how I can create something that she would like and so at a very young age you know I had a very curious mind and I sort of um, thought about my mama's one of my early mentors, and I was just always fascinated by the things that she she did and being such a career-driven woman and still managing to be able to balance both her career and family. So I think that's when the curiosity around, you know, science and engineering started for me. Okay. So little baby Robert was just formulating at home, like no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I bet yeah. mom loves that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, she's I mentioned she's very career oriented, but at the same time, she gave her time for me and my sister in terms of our school. So um I grew up in the Philippines and every quarter we will have these exams um in elementary and what she would do a week prior to those exams, she would create her own version of the exam and then kind of like do our trial run and so i'm not sure if that's um hands-on or torture i mean could either be one or the other or both um but it definitely helped me in terms of really being uh disciplined and and really being um dedicated in terms of like learning and trying to become you know a better student and and just i i definitely looking back, appreciate all of the efforts that she did because mm -hmm. she did that on top of taking care of us and also having a full-time job. That's awesome. Um, that's so inspiring to hear. And I love, I love that it was like, mom's doing this. I'm going to check this out because it seems kind of interesting. So I imagine she's very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had her, we should have brought her on. I didn't realize she was I know. like, I that'll know. be the next time. That's yeah, part two. <laughs> yep, part two. Okay, so early on, you were inquisitive and curious, and 
experimenting <laughs> right. in your house. So um, getting into young adulthood, how did you kind of navigate your um, like college career? Yeah, so I've always gravitated towards math and science uh, when I was in high school. And so um, very early on, I was able to take opportunities to attend one of those kind of summer enrichment program um, around chemistry. And so at that point, I, I knew what I wanted to do. And um, I was thinking, you know, I also like math. Why not combine both chemistry and math at the same time? Mm -hmm. And so that's the whole reason why I took on chemical engineering. And I'm like, you know what? Make it harder for yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, but but then again, you know, I think when, when I took on chemical engineering and um, I met some amazing um, students. So I went to the number one university in the Philippines, um, University of the Philippines, mm -hmm. and um, people from all over the country uh, would travel um, to the city. And so uh, just uh, learning from different perspectives, I knew like I was in the right path and it still kind of complemented all the things that I wanted to learn around um, science and math. Um, I moved, I think I was in my junior year when I moved here in Los Angeles. Um, I think it's been over 15 years now since I, since I moved. Um, and I just continued with mechanical engineering in Cal Poly Pomona. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I, I knew what I wanted and I just um, finished through, met more amazing people, um, met one of our common friends, um, Sakura mm -hmm. um, in school. We were um, schoolmates since day one through our graduation. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey learning, you know, within this, this industry and, 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 and through college. So. Mm -hmm. so it's interesting, your comment about I wanted to challenge myself with all the <laughs> science and math. It's funny. Um, I was just reflecting on that. Uh, recently because I've been exploring additional education programs mm. and so I was thinking back on it and um, I was kind of laughing to myself because it was a similar thought process for me in terms of in high school I really got interested in science um, going into high school I thought I was going to be a lawyer I was like I'm just going to argue for money it'll be great <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a couple of excellent teachers in high school for various um, science classes. And then that completely changed focus. And I remember having a conversation in college um, because I was stressing out over like finals and, and like so worried about it. And, you know, some of the other people in the dorm were taking um, other courses or their focus was completely different than mine. And they just didn't understand like, how can you take something that stresses you out. And I'm like, well, I feel like I get more value if it's a challenge. Right. All through high, like, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, like I felt like I had just kind of coasted along. Everything came pretty easy until I hit some of those AP classes. And I was like, whoa, this is not only not as easy, but it's also <laughs> very interesting. Um, right. So like your comment about kind of seeking out that challenge in life yeah. resonates with, with kind of little Heather. <laughs> yeah. And you know what it is? It's 
challenges like they keep us engaged mm-hmm. and whenever we're engaged and like our mind is really stimulated that's the area where we grow and it pushes us to grow even more and so i think one of the things that we always have to remember when we are in in stem careers you know it evolves constantly and mm-hmm. you need to be able to really adapt and accept those changes really quickly because um, I remember what I was studying in college is not the same as what I'm doing now. And mm-hmm. I'm sure in five years, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yeah, totally I agree. Even 2021 is going to be different because of just the world this year is changing right. so many things. But um, yeah. I think you're right. I think that's part of why I also enjoy STEM is that it is never the same thing. I'm not on just some kind of repeat there's always something new to learn or explore or problem solve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we've worked on some problem solving together <laughs> in the past. <laughs> so, yes. Okay, so you are a chem E by yes. schooling. Um, mm-hmm. And then after school, where did you start off? Where did you head to? Yeah, so after school, I took maybe a few more months. I was working for um, the government. (laughs) And yeah, it was totally a different field. So while my some of my classmates were taking on um, internship in the technical area, I chose to go and develop my software skills. So Mm. I was working for this program um, that protected seniors against fraud. And so, you know, one of my my passion, and you, I think you started the show with the passion, and um, it's it's around like giving back and helping, you know, my community. And so, I thought, you know, it aligns with you know my passion in, in terms of giving back, but also it developed my communication skills. And so, I've heard before comments around, oh, engineers, yeah, they're good from a technical perspective, but they lack the communication skills mm-hmm. um, in, in the real world. And so I wanted to make sure that I was prepared um, for that real world challenge. And so I did that for a few months and then I get this um, phone call from, you know, from Sakura and and they had an, an opening at uh, this work that we currently both work at. Mm-hmm. And uh did my interview um, and so that's where I started um, within the R&D um, function and so I think at um, the beginning stages for me it was really just learning um, basic business mm-hmm. uh, in terms of manufacturing so that mm-hmm. was my first glimpse um, and I didn't go the formulation route but more so around problem solving, you know, investigations and non-conformances. And so um, that's my my initial training within uh, manufacturing supply chain um, came about um, when I joined the company that we're, we both work currently. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And then you've, you, you have been with the company. <laughs> um, how, how long now? Uh, so now it's about... Over nine years. Okay. Yeah, over yeah. nine years. I was wondering, yeah, turning like, 10. Is it 10? I was trying yeah. to remember because I think we, if I remember correctly, we got hired on officially like close in timing. Right. I think mine was in 2000 and 
12 okay. and that's when I joined um, the operations team and mm-hmm. so that in itself was a, a big learning experience for me and um, one of the the most fun I've been um, in a plant type uh, situation so yeah there's some there's some fun people <laughs> you're right, right. <laughs> and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I always loved I always loved having to go to the manufacturing floor because boy, it could be five minutes or five hours. I'm out there. I'm learning something. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Somebody mentioned to me, you know, operators, they are the heart of the company. And I didn't really understood that until I was there um, because they knew the processes and you just see their dedication, you Mm -hmm. know, day in, day out. And, and so I, I I have so much admiration for them and respect for, for their job. So, yeah. And considering, where where we were in LA, uh, where you still are, and where I formerly was, um, it's not all automated. It is actually somebody in there cranking dials. And right, dials, right, yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of artists. Mm-hmm. You can say that, yeah. <laughs> so, and they still managed to get those products out the door. So, yeah, right. definitely kudos yeah. to them. And they're just funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never a dull moment. <laughs> okay. And so now your current role, um, how, how is your current role defined? Because I believe it is a little bit different than what we were talking about in terms of being within the operations kind of on the floor. Right, role. right. Yeah. No, so, right, so right now I work within the quality space. And so I work in you know quality systems, quality assurance department, really making sure that you know, whatever we put out there is of the highest quality. Um, and this is something that I didn't see earlier on in my career. I've always wanted to grow like on a technical route and mm-hmm. be a very strong, you know, process engineer or, uh, you know, within R&D. Um, but it's something that I just kind of fell in love with. And I say that in a sense that, I'm still very close to the manufacturing side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of the awesome things that I currently do with my role is I manage um, a team. I manage a staff of um, QA specialists. And to me, I think that was the biggest shift in my career. And I think what really helped me um, was that from a from an earlier standpoint, like I knew the basics and I learned the processes. I learned the people component. And so when I came into quality, um, it was sort of a a holistic experience for me now since I had that technical background and now I'm learning how to manage people. Mm-hmm. And I never saw that earlier on, but it's something that once you start and it's something that you love, it just, it's the day-to-day makes it easier to just, you know, come by and, and really, I get to practice some of the things I learned um, from from school, um, but then also a lot of on-the-job learning um, while you're managing people. So mm-hmm. uh, that makes a lot of sense, and I it makes sense too in terms of how you were talking about your passion with helping people and and um, providing support. So <laughs> it really <laughs> makes sense. It's like it's tying all the pieces together for you, <laughs> along with the technical. So question for you, um, in the shift from government to, I'll say corporate America, 
Um, mm -hmm. And you said in the government role, uh, it was a little more soft skills. Um, right. Has that applied across then? Did you find it was the same skills or was it an adaptation of the skills? Like what was that change from kind of industry focus like? Oh, oh yeah, no, it's it's sort of similar and the same. And and I say that because even in government, like you can definitely see the politics around uh, work environment and how people sort of try to influence and try to kind of resolve conflict. Mm. And so that's one of the things that I am fortunate enough to take on because, you know, within the my leadership capacity and when I'm trying to influence business partners and whenever we don't see eye to eye, mm -hmm. I sort of lean into those skills that I've learned in terms of, you know what, we all are here to reach a same goal and mm -hmm. we, we may have a different path, but how can we find those common ground so that we can resolve the problem? And I always take that approach um, and because, you know, as a trained engineer, you know, I love problem solving. And mm -hmm. and whenever I show that to, you know, business partners and my team that I'm here to solve problems and make it easier for all of us, they sort of get my intention and sort of help me influence them to kind of doing it sort of the, the way I would suggest them to do it. So mm -hmm. that's fantastic. What was what has been like the number one skill that you draw from um, to help with that kind of, I'll say competing priorities, um, conflict <laughs> that arises in, <laughs> in business, right? What's been the, right. the most powerful skill that you have in your toolbox for that? Yeah, I, I would say empathy, you mm -hmm. know, really figuring out where people are coming from and finding those commonalities and and then building those relationships because i i feel like a lot of projects are very very successful if you have a strong team that communicates and are able to trust one another and mm -hmm. so really um you know especially if you're working in a very technical field um, that's an asset that you need to really master to be able to talk to people um, understand their needs, you know, for them, for you to be able to communicate your needs and then come to like a common solution. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. <laughs> the more you can understand each other, <laughs> the better the communication will be. <laughs> okay. Um, now, how long have you been in this uh, managerial role? Yeah, so my current role, I've been here over three years and I've been a supervisor for a couple of years um, prior to that. So I want to say maybe around five years now. Okay. So yeah. you did, you had about the same time in terms of, so far in your career, you've had about the same time in terms of being um, like that team contributor, active person, <laughs> I'll say it a project. Right. And being that person that's actually guiding, leading, designating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Okay. That's very interesting. And I think that's a great tip for the listeners is please have empathy. <laughs> Regardless of whether there's conflict at work or just in the world. <laughs> please have right. I, I think especially given our current environment, there's a lot of stress. 
um, coming from our, 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 you know, our situation and people working remotely and a lot of stress from family situation. And so I think now is really the right time to practice empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we were all in this together. And so I think that's, that's one thing that we can all try to be good at. Um, if there's any takeaway from, from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> empathy. <laughs> Robert and empathy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for our, at our company, there's a lot of, aside from just the day in, day out roles and responsibilities of your designated job, there are a lot of other things that go on. Um, and I know that you are very involved in some of the other activities, um, like culture related. Do you want to share a little bit about some of those other things that you're doing that are through like the different work avenues? Sure. Uh, I, again, you know, I I have a passion for helping community and one of the things that I enjoy, and you know, it's one of the one of the many hats that that I wear, is I advocate for uh, diverse and inclusive spaces. And so, one of the things that I enjoy doing and being part of is, you know, employee resource groups. I know that a lot of companies, you know, you have your ERGs, mm-hmm. and it's it's an excellent way for for employees who share similar interests and passion for volunteering to get involved. Um, not only at work, but in in our communities. And so I think I've been with um, the different ERG. So for example, I um, am part of the LGBTQ ERG Mm -hmm. um, for about, I want to say maybe eight years now, seven or eight years. So Mm -hmm. roughly the same time that I've been working in in the company. And um, it's just something that adds on to my passion to really show up to work as my true authentic self mm-hmm. and also sort of um, giving a way to give back to to my community that has helped me you know when I was uh, learning and I was you know really trying to be okay with with who I am personally and so um, yeah that's something that I am very very passionate about and uh, we participate in different community efforts. Um, and trying to help, you know, the most uh, disadvantaged um, group within um, our community here in LA County. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. I know <laughs> you're very, very active in those particular groups for work. And as I recall, outside of work too, there were several. Um, I don't know if it's projects or groups or events. I'm not sure the proper terminology, but. Um, there were other ones right. involved in, right? Outside of work. Yeah, yeah. I've been involved in various nonprofit organizations, um, either from an advisory role um, to helping them fundraise to just volunteering um, and sharing some of the skill sets that I have or helping them connect with potential donors. And okay. so as much as I can, you know, I, I try to help out. Yes, that's awesome. And the world needs more of you, Robert. <laughs> Go ahead and clone yourself. and <laughs> Right? In, t- in 10 years, maybe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so when you are, oh gosh, um, when you have, I guess, free time, 
when you're not leading your team at work <laughs> or leading an ERG or involved in um, similar community <laughs> groups and efforts. How do you how do you like to spend your free time? Yeah, a um, couple of things. Uh, one, um, I'm fortunate to live um, close by to family. And so, um, and this is a bunch of the things I'm going to probably say would be pre-COVID. And we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how it works right now. Um, but I like to spend some time with, with family, you know, get together. And um, especially, you know, I'm Filipino and, are, and we're big in terms of uh family gathering and sharing food and stories and karaoke. And so um, as much as I can, you know, I, I, I love to um, see my, my mom, my sister, my nieces and my cousins. And so um, I enjoy doing that. I also love playing sports um, and currently like playing in a tennis, uh, sorry, in a badminton. I used to play tennis, but now it's a badminton league. Um, oh, okay. Again, pre-COVID, um, right, right. please uh, able to get my my workout and such a nice sport uh, to be you know around community members who also are into badminton and and I think lastly I would probably say traveling and um, I like to visit you know a place I've never been to um, with my friends um, and and hopefully we get to you know um, a situation where it sort of comes back to normal um, mm-hmm. but. Not until we get everything in control. So yes, yes, and the world lets us back in. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kind of limited movement right now. Right. <laughs> I look at the map and I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> accept Americans. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So for the badminton, how did you how did you get involved in that initially? That's I remember doing it in PE or like at a friend's mm-hmm. house. I could not tell you any rules, but I remember it being fun. Um, right. How did you, how did you like stumble upon that and get involved? Yeah. So I don't know, but for some reason I see a lot of um, folks in there. I want to say late twenties, early thirties who start playing badminton. I don't know for some weird reason why, but that's what I noticed. And um, a lot of my friends just started playing and was introduced to the sport. And so when there was a critical mass of friends that I know who have shifted from playing whatever sports they were playing to badminton, (laughs) I think that was a signal for me to try the sport. And um, I, I again, I my background is in tennis, so it's sort of similar mm-hmm. um, in some sort, and so it was it was an, a natural progression from the sport that I grew up into, and then just having a lot of people that I know play, um, it just kind of meshed to our schedules, and it was just easier to coordinate since a lot of my good friends are are badminton players. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I like how it was, um, it was almost like you were holding out, but everybody else was <laughs> right, right. You're like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So pre COVID you guys had like tournaments or matches. Uh, yeah. So we would have a, a tournament at least once every other month and then we would play with different leagues mm-hmm. and, the league that I'm currently part of, they would have like a most valuable player 
um, for the year. And mm -hmm. so I think for the last two years, I was trying my best to be MVP mm -hmm. to the point that my shin had like a stress fracture. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it always goes back to that movie, like For the Love of the Game. And I'm like, yeah. I would do everything to get that MVP. Um, I was close. I was like number two, which oh. I'll, you know, that's that's a huge accomplishment yeah. um, that I'll take on. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's... Chin, so that's that's some kudos. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a fun sport, especially when you play with friends, when you meet other uh, badminton players from different leagues and, you know, you play with different partners and you do team tournaments. Uh, it makes it more and more fun. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And then the other thing you said you are big on pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID <laughs> travel. So right. how many... How many countries have you been to? Like, what's the favorite favorite location you've been oh. to so far? Paris will always have a special place in my heart. Um, I actually went there for work, which was, you know, I'm a firm believer. If you call it to the universe, it happens for you. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to go to Paris. My work's going to send me to Paris. And it happened. And oh. I had a work assignment. And they were like, "Oh, if if you want to stay for a few days um, and see the the city, then you can you can do it." And I'm like, "You don't have to ask me twice." <laughs> um, but I think that's one of my first major travel where I was just by myself. So I think that's why it it, it has a special place in my heart because I get to see a city not relying on friends or or family. And just walk around and discover places and go to a restaurant by myself, mm -hmm. go to a bar by myself. And so um, I love walking around Paris. Um, more recently, um, I went to Belize. I went to Belize and Guatemala on the same trip. And mm -hmm. just the people from, from Belize and Guatemala, they're very, very warm, very, very friendly I love the ocean too. And so, you know, I grew up in the Philippines, a tropical country. And so being able to go and swim and it's warm and not icy like here in LA <laughs> was heaven to me. And I think we went around the lobster festival and I'm super big in seafood also. Oh my gosh. So I'm like the beach, seafood alcohol i'm all set so yeah, i'd have to have like one seat flying there and two seats coming back because i would <laughs> eat and drink <laughs> right right and one funny story is i think when we first landed in belize we were um i think our hotel was in one of the it's not an island but more like a peninsula i think okay. i think that's what it's called mm -hmm. um we didn't know this and so when we landed we had to take a small charter plane from the city and the charter plane I, we thought it was going to be like okay take off and then land it took off and landed maybe three times at the third time i'm like okay this is it i'm done i'm like i can't take all this like stopovers anymore it was like a small plane like maybe like eight people inside oh my god um but my fear of like okay anything can go wrong or sixth attempt yeah. um but you know it added to the experience um and again the, i think it was the people that really won my heart over oh. very very warm and just the, the ocean was amazing mm -hmm. uh, dreaming of beaches now 
right? <laughs> Someday, soon. <laughs> at least, at least, both you and I are within driving distance to an ocean if we needed to. Different oceans, right? Uh, yours, is, yeah. in fact, I think colder than mine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's why I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think earlier you made a comment about it being freezing in LA. Yes. Just for the listener, if you're not, if you've not visited LA, he's talking about the water temperature, not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is cold water. <laughs> it is very cold water. It's cold. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Well, hopefully we will be back to doing some travel because I certainly this of course was the year that I had planned all of my trips elsewhere Mm. (laughs) Um, as luck would have it so I guess I will try again next year (laughs) is there a particular place you want to visit first thing on your list well uh, so this summer was supposed to be both Greece Mm. Isles. We were going to do, we were scheduled to do a cruise, which is postponed. <laughs> um, and then I was going to go to Finland with my mother mm. and my sister. My sister was going to attend a conference there. So I told her, well, I will happily, I don't know, carry your laptop for you. Like, how? Right. <laughs> I'm happy to do so. Um, but my mom is, is 100% Finnish. And so, we were like, this would be a great, you know, ladies trip. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to do, um, but that conference got canceled and and the world shut down. <laughs> so those are definitely the first two places I will be going <laughs> once nice. get out of this. They <laughs> <laughs> love you. Yep. Oh goodness. Okay, so you have so many things that you're doing and that you love to do, um, and so much of it is very social. I guess that kind of leads me to how, how are you handling the stress, the kind of isolation with COVID, balancing that with work? Because you are, I believe I can say a social person. Right, uh, right. Like what, what are you doing to kind of, you know, help yourself and help others get through this? Um, do you have any suggestions, tips for listeners on maybe some ideas to help them stay sane <laughs> during all of this? Yeah, yeah. No, I think for me, it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure what works for me and my schedule and sort of my personality as well. Mm-hmm. So I think... I don't, not really sure when this started, but I've been working with a personal coach um, in terms of uh, career aspirations mm-hmm. and some of the things that you know I want to pursue and some of the things that I need to work on um, on a personal level. And I think that has helped me um, kind of uh, be grounded and. I think being able to talk to someone, either a friend or a personal coach or a family member that you trust um, and be open about some of the challenges that you're that you're um, facing or some of the moods that you're feeling or some of the emotions, I think that helps a lot. Because what I notice right now is a lot of people, especially when you're kind of stuck at home and don't have you know any anyone to talk to it kind of gets bottled up um, and you're not able to process those emotions and I think 
Um, it's all about processing the things that you're going through that allows you to be able to move. And so I've been, again, when I said trial and error, I tried meditation, I tried journaling, I tried working out. And so for me, um, finding it's, it's all about balance because you don't want to be like also forced into like meditation and you're not into meditating at all and it doesn't really work for you. Mm-hmm. But I say give it, give it a shot. Um, I tried journaling, which I've never done that in a way to process emotions. I've done it to sort of keep track of what's going on in life in the past, but mm-hmm. doing it with intention to kind of put what you're feeling into paper um, has worked wonders for me also. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I'm like, oh, um, I got pissed about you know a, a certain issue in the past, and it took me like weeks to get over. Mm-hmm. But when I journaled, you know, it took me like a shorter amount of time to get through those emotions and move on. Um, and then the other thing that I mentioned is around like working out, and I think. For me, that has worked a lot, especially when I'm feeling drained or I feel stuck. Um, the moment I, I just try to start moving, either you know, quick cardio, quick Zumba, or quick uh, lifting weights at home. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I have the equipment. Um, I'm able to like lighten up my mood right away, and and it shows. And um, I'm able to sleep better. I'm able to wake up earlier the following day. And so it's just about like trying to get yourself to move and and then help, you know, help you kind of like lighten up the the, the feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's great. And I like your comments about, you know, having to kind of find the right fit for you. Um, so like you were saying, you know, it, forcing meditation into your life is not <laughs> necessarily going to help you. Um, right. But maybe journaling well, if that's the right fit for you. Because um, I'm actually the reverse. Like, And I think part of it is because I have a notebook with me all day, every day, whether mm. it's home or working from an office or whatever. I am always writing down notes to myself or just whatever's going on. So I think trying to do journaling from an emotional standpoint i was just like oh mm-hmm. i i write stuff down all day i don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> write something else um but i have i have started a meditation practice and that has made a big difference for me and i too enjoy the movement um mm-hmm. it gets the blood flowing and then you can kind of shake it off or if it's a really bad day you just put some kickboxing on and yes <laughs> and then voila yep work this imagination <laughs> yes focus focus on your punch yep <laughs> mind thank you <laughs> right right oh my goodness um so robert do you have any Apart from those excellent ideas for people to try, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that people work in COVID and post COVID, do you have any other tips or life lessons in terms of navigating your career? Like, what has been something that's really helped you progress um, that you could share with the listeners to consider? Yeah, yeah, no, life, you know, right? I think you know. I think people say this a lot, but I'm not sure if people put this into practice as much as they say it, but it's around 
finding those mentor and coaches um, within your career, either within the company or outside of the company. And so I've been fortunate enough to surround myself with people who have been um, able to provide me guidance, especially when I needed it, um, really seek seeking out those um, mentors not only to ask for guidance, but also sometimes I ask them to like, hey, can you challenge me and what I'm thinking? And, you know, am I pushing the envelope um, as much as I need to? Uh -huh. And so I think if, if you seek those mentors within your current role, within your current team and outside um, your, your comfort, um, your immediate teams, I think not only are they able to put in their perspective, um, but also it's a great way to network. And I can tell you um, that has helped me throughout my career from getting my first interview within this company to my next role within the company to connecting to a you know, potential uh, future boss. And so um, I think finding those, those mentor and coaches um, definitely pays a uh, big uh, returns in the long run. Mm -hmm. And then also be a mentor and coach yourself. You know, you've been through those, your career path and journey, and you would see junior level people and, and offering your services to sort of pay it forward. Mm -hmm. um, only, you know, they make you a stronger leader, right? I, mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that, you know, you, you have to help others become leaders and it just makes you a, a, a better uh, leader and better person um, in general. So, Excellent advice. It, it has come up before with some other uh, interviewees. So it is definitely, <laughs> definitely a key point that a lot of people have raised. And I think you're spot on with, you know, mentors, can and maybe should, I would say, come from kind mm -hmm. of walks of life to give you different perspectives and, and help you refocus or reassess or whatever the case may be. So I think, I think if the listener hasn't caught on by now that really they should look for mentors <laughs> <laughs> from, from some of the different guests, then here it is again, <laughs> go find yourself a mentor. <laughs> And don't yeah, and, and you know what I think, yeah, else. what I would add on to would be really put intention into whenever you search for a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. So look for what's important for you and make like really make it personal and make sure, okay, what am I looking for in a mentor? And, you know, put, uh, write down that list of the things that you're looking for so that when you're talking to those mentors, it has more of a structure versus sort of a blanket. Um, um, hey, can you be my mentor? I'm not really sure what to talk about. That's or that's also okay. But um, if sometimes when you put in intention, it makes it even more efficient when you talk to people. Um, and then you kind of like tailor it to how you kind of need that mentor um, when when you when you search for 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 those people. I think that's a great tip and your I think the key word is intention <laughs> um, right and approaching it with that intention and focus I think reflects very well on you who's looking for the mentor um, it shows that you're thinking about the other about your mentor and their time and 
considering those things outside of, of yourself and your needs. So I think that intention might be the other part of the title of this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> intention and passion. <laughs> and empathy. And empathy. <laughs> and Robert. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, I have one more question for you, Robert. Um, so this is the Brains, Boobs, and Beer podcast. Yes. <laughs> Are you a beer drinker? And if so, what is your current favorite? I am a beer um, drinker. I'm not going to claim that I know everything or a lot about beer. I'm actually drinking a beer right now because I came prepared Excellent. for this. <laughs> and I'm drinking Sapporo premium beer. And so what I really do enjoy um, when I drink beer is either I'm with friends um, or family and, you know, we're socializing and drinking beer. And then the other part is when I'm eating um, yeah. either, you know, my, one of my favorite cuisine is Japanese. And so that's why I gravitated towards uh, drinking Sapporo today. Um, it goes well with, uh, hot ramen um, mm -hmm. on a cold night mm -hmm. um, or even sushi and so mm -hmm. yep nice well cheers to you I sadly have not made a run to the store <laughs> so I, <only laughs> I apologize um, but I was also thinking oh Sapporo because that makes me think of Sakura <laughs> right and as I recall is from there <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah um, i think it's the oldest japanese um brand of beer and then i think it's brewed in tokyo mm -hmm. oh, such good good vibes <laughs> now i'm i'm very sad that i don't have any to share <laughs> never too late maybe do a quick run later <laughs> like dash it out where's my mask <laughs> i need my mask to go get some beer oh goodness well robert it's been a pleasure thank you so much for coming on and sharing your career path your life story with with everyone yeah no thanks for having me you know i'm super excited that we were able to reconnect again i thoroughly enjoyed your last episode around bees and so <laughs> if you haven't you know, listen to that, try to listen to it. It's amazing. I learned a lot about bees. And so. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the plug on the bee, <laughs> the bee episode. I learned a ton on that episode as well. And it was fun. Um, and there are a couple fun ladies. I might be biased, but I Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you again. Um, cheers. Enjoy your Sapporo. And hopefully we will talk to you again and maybe with mom next time. Yes. Thank you. Bye, everyone.